A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast, now hanging out with the guys at Obstructed View. We are not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but we're just a bunch of fans who love the local nine. Enjoy talking baseball and, of course, the 2016 World Series Champion Cubs. Hi, this is Ken. I am Rice Cube on the socials. With me today is Jeff, a.k.a. Bersilius. I think it's just the two of us tonight because everybody else has daddy duty because that's what happens when you get old. You, like, reproduce and then have children and then you got to do things with them. Hey, how's it going, Jeff? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Mine is uh, legally an adult, so I don't have to care about him as much anymore, although I did make him dinner. (laughs) I guess we're both partaking in tonight's Cubs game. They have, at this recording, lost, unfortunately, three in a row, all of which were, at one point or another, winnable games. But, yeah, we can talk a lot about that because I think today we're just going to wing it and maybe talk a little bit about some interesting things going around MLB. We can, of course, talk about Matt Mervis and Chris Morell again, thinking about, well, you know, the Cubs are hovering around 500. Hopefully that stays the same so that we can start pondering what they can do about this roster because this club right now is not in its final form. And also what they can do with this particular version of the club until they can fix the roster. So how's that for a plan? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Sounds good. This spring gave away to summer. Past the ivy-colored dreams Toward the days that kept us Yearning for tomorrow Yesterday, I, I forgot which pitcher it was. I think it was uh, Jay Jackson, former Cubs prospect slash pitcher. You know, Aaron Judge, of course, is the reigning American League MVP. He hit the 62 home runs to set a new American League record. Yada, yada, yada. Big guy, very strong. And, of course, he destroyed a home run. But uh, just before that, apparently he glanced over to the Yankee dugout or to his first base coach, and then he locked back in on pitch and destroyed it. So I I guess some of the announcers were asking, like, whether he's cheating or not. And I'm just like, well, how exactly is he cheating? He's just looking somewhere. (laughs) So is there somebody in the dugout saying this is a slider? Like they're hanging up a sign there. You've seen The Naked Gun, I presume, right? It's like obviously one of the greatest baseball movies of all time in a way. I'm just thinking of the guy in the dugout, like flashing that uh, light signal. I forget if they also had smoke signals or semaphore or whatever, but uh, <laughs> uh, just like what what else is he looking at? Like uh, maybe they're doing finger signs or something. They're definitely not banging on a trash can because somebody will definitely notice, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why people are so up in arms over this. I mean, I've missed a lot of this since I've been moving for the past week. But I saw I saw the I just saw the headline of it earlier and I was like, he's glancing to the dugout, who cares? 
Like, I, didn't think, that, I didn't even think it was a science healing thing. Like I, I thought they were like the way the headline was written it implied that it was some sort of rift between him and the Yankees or something. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Science healing didn't even cross my mind because who cares if someone for the dugout is signaling him? You know, as long as they're not um, stealing it electronically, this seems yeah. to be within the uh, letter of the law. I think everybody's equipped with Pitchcom now. So I actually don't know what they use. Do they use like some kind of weird encryption that, you know, they get from the NSA or do they actually just use Bluetooth or straight up walkie talkie? And you can like, if you <laughs> tune into the right channel, you, you can hear like, you know, slider down or something <laughs> from the Pitchcom. I, I don't know, but there are no signs to steal. But uh, I assume that they probably picked up on him to pick tipping pitches or somebody did and you know telling the rest of your guys that hey this guy's tipping his pitches that's probably okay right yeah that's that's totally fine i mean it would have to be pretty uh colossally dumb for them to be uh, doing anything electronic or whatever here just because like there are cameras in the dugouts <laughs> it, it's not like uh they're sending secret signals from somewhere flashing stuff from center field that he's looking at He's very obviously looking at the dugout, and you've got a camera on everyone in the dugout, so I, I don't really see what the issue could be here. Yeah, because I just think and they have all kinds of cameras. They can see the game with their own eyes. They don't even have to look at the iPad. I think MLB has a delayed feed so that you can look at your at-bat after the fact when you after you struck out or whatever in the dugout, right? But you can't see it real time unless you hack into the feed directly. And I, I don't think that's going to happen now be, because of exa- exactly because of what you said. Right? Uh, honestly, it, it seems a lot like the other sports ha- are, have made use of video and they can obviously adjust real time with their own eyes. They, they can talk to each other. They can like pick up cues from offensive and defensive players so that they know how to how to navigate that. Right. So it, it should be the same with baseball. And so if you're, again, not using an electronic means or a guy actually like banging on a trash can, it's probably OK. After they came to, to Wrigley, the Cardinals have been on a roll and, you know, maybe we shouldn't have made too much fun of them <laughs> because you, you know, devil magic is going to show up as, at one point or another, right? Yeah, well, we, we can enjoy kicking them while they're down, even if uh, they won't be down for long. <laughs> but thankfully, they are trying to beat down on the Milwaukee Brewers, so at least the Pirates are losing, Milwaukee's losing, and the Cubs are still solidly in third place, although, you know, that's kind of like the tallest midget contest at this point. But yeah, the, the division is still winnable, and I think that's something that to, to be glad about while they're just sorting out their thing. The Cubs are waiting for Nico Horner to come back. Apparently, he's going to have a minimal IL stay. So that's good for the hamstring issue he, he's been battling. Cody Bellinger almost killed himself making a spectacular catch the other night. So we're thankful that <laughs> that uh, wasn't as severe as it looked initially. And of course, we have the rookies, Matt Mervis and Chris Morrell, uh, as we speak 
Uh, Matt Mervis had just hit his first career major league home run, and that was pretty good. It was a solid shot right down the line. It got out of the park in a hurry. I think he did hit it on line. And I think the announcer said it clanged off the foul pole, but I didn't see it. I, yeah. I just saw it go out of the park, but I didn't see it hit off the <laughs> foul pole. Yeah, it's, it's been exciting, you know, how, how negative I usually am on prospects. On the, on the one hand, I was like, yes, it was definitely time for Mervis to come up, especially with uh, how uh, Osmer has been not performing, but he's, he's exceeded some of my, uh, my expectations, which are usually low for rookies. So I don't I'm glad to see that he finally got his first uh, his first home run. I was surprised when they, said, when they said it was his first. I felt like he had hit it already. <laughs> no, he's had a few hits here or there, but he's just been matched up against, like, pure lefties or reverse split righties uh, he's had a hell of a time uh, starting up this season because of that because they've essentially thrown everybody he's all his weaknesses against them basically right yeah <laughs> because it's a left on left they know how to pitch him he hasn't been able to adjust yet etc cetera, etc cetera. but uh it was really nice to see him just you know run into one and you see what the mash and Matt, Matt Mervis can be. Of course, the the mash he has is nothing on uh, Morel. Man, those home runs uh, the last few days have been insane. I've only seen them from highlights, but holy crap. Yeah, he doesn't hit any. Uh, he sells out. I think that's, yeah. that's, that's the thing. Like, that's part of the reason why he strikes out so much, I think, is because it's all I or nothing. feel like they're, yeah, there there might be some pitch recognition issues. And that, that seems to be all over the lineup. I, I think they're getting fooled quite a bit throughout the lineup. I've seen a lot of strikeouts. I'm actually not comfortable with the amount of strikeouts I've seen, but it's possible that it's just my lying eyes because I haven't actually looked at the numbers. But it just seems like they've been striking out a lot because like when you look at a guy like, say, Suzuki, who I, I think will get on a good run, he's been taking a lot of really awkward swings the big boys like uh, Swanson and Half swing through balls that are in the zone. So I think their timing's off or they're just not picking it up right. I, I don't honestly don't know what's going on there. Yeah, these are supposed to be high contact guys, but maybe it's just missing uh, Nico around to set the example. He's been pretty good. The Cubs, the Cubs have, have really messed up since he's been out. Yeah, the thing is, I think he can come back on Friday when he, they face the Phillies, right? So that's the first day he's eligible to come back, and that starts the next series. Yeah, I'm just looking at the game as we speak, and it's like they're they're just missing pitches that should be punished. They're popping them up, or they're hammering into the ground, so they're missing that line drive or loft in the air swing. And it's not like they should loft it way in the air because that's a pop up, and <laughs> those are easy, right? But uh, yeah, it's extremely irritating to see that because just based on what we know about these guys talent level that they, they should be doing a lot better and they it's just i say the word frustrating and annoying and all that a lot but that's what it is it's like they're all slumping at essentially the same time and so that's part of what's contributing to this all or nothing offense because you would hope that some of the slumps would be mitigated by other people getting hot at a different time so so that's you you have some balance in that offense but it seems like they're all just being crappy at the same time i don't know what they can do because right now you're keeping a bunch of bats that objectively they're not that good they haven't proven anything like you have a nick madrigal 
bleeding off. And I know that's going to irritate Adam while he's at his school play or whatever he is doing. Yeah, there, there's something that could probably be done to more optimize this lineup. But the thing is, when I was co- coaching high school baseball, like we didn't get the best athletes because of just the pool that we had to work with. Right. Because these were all the kids that didn't make the football or the basketball team. And baseball was their fallback so that they could have an activity. That means that you only have maybe five or six good players. So once you get past those five in the lineup, there's nothing. So you're you're pretty much like guaranteed three automatic outs. And that's what we're seeing with this lineup. They almost seem seem like they they've deliberately manufactured it this way. And that's a big shame because we talked about last week, like missing opportunities. You're missing an opportunity to bank a few extra runs because you're just not getting the big hits. And when you compound that with like three guys at the bottom who aren't getting hits along with the guys at the top who are slumping, then you get whatever this is over the past week or so where they're just not scoring enough to win. Do you think they should keep uh, Morella when Stiko gets back? I don't think they can conceivably send him down. He's been doing well, even though he strikes out like, I don't know, 40% of the time. I, I, <laughs> I should probably look that up. Like three, probably three, three strikeouts and a three-run homer every game. I think the Cubs would take that. <laughs> yeah, it's basically the, the Patrick Wisdom compromise, right? Yeah, especially with Wisdom something. I mean, I guess there's somewhere he could play, too. They move around. He could DH, I guess. But I thought I thought he should stay in the minors just because his whole deal was that he was going to work on his defense and stuff, which, you know, oftentimes is a, is a bit of a euphemism, but kind of makes sense for, for him at this point. But yeah. if he's mashing, they need him. <laughs> yeah, they need all the offense they can get, especially if they're going to have black holes like Hosmer and, and Barnhart in the lineup. And why I keep thinking about the roster, like you think, well, Barnhart hasn't hit much. He's supposed to be good with the pitchers. His record is terrible uh, with the Cubs right now. And I think that isn't all his fault. He's just getting the bad luck starts. And then you couple that with the fact that he's not going to hit very well when he's in the lineup anyway, and it makes it worse, right? <laughs> and earlier in the game that we're, we're watching as we record this, like he could have blocked that pitch. He could have kept the, the Astros off the board, but I, I guess he just kind of olayed it, and that was kind of annoying. This ballpark is stupid. Yeah, I saw that same uh, non-home run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Adam was, was right in, in our forum because it's like, well, you can't really blame Christopher Morell for this because I, I did look up the game logs just in case. But he, he's never played in Houston before. And if you know Houston's uh, stupid dimensions, they have those pillars in left field. They have like all the, the weird the, painted walls for where the where it's a home run and where it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So thankfully, that one just now didn't land above that that line. But uh, then you have the Crawford boxes where I, I think that that's where Bregman hit the go ahead home run the other day. If the Crawford boxes weren't there, then that would have been an out. So there there's a couple of things that are unlucky, but 
you have to live with the ballpark that you're playing in, right? So at some point, you can't make excuses anymore. You just can't say, oh, this is bad luck. Oh, that blew. Oh, Christopher Morrell didn't go back far enough to make the play, and now there's a four-run inning. At, at some point, you have to execute that pitch. And I think this particular lineup and the rotation, the rotation doesn't have enough swing and missing, and that's why you're getting all this bad luck right now. It's going to even out. Yeah, I mean, if they built it around pitching and defense, uh, I guess, you know, put Morel at DH. <laughs> I don't think he's that bad, though. Like, he, he could probably play in the infield, but at this point, like, with Bellinger out, like, he has no choice. He has to be a center fielder because you don't want half. Is, is uh, Bellinger on the I.L.? I missed, I missed that. Or no. For a few days. Okay. No, no, he, he just had, like... Because he, he has a sore knee from banging against the wall, but he's not on the IL. He's at least not yet. Like they're they're probably just giving him a day off and they'll, they'll see tomorrow. So if he's as healthy as they say, he probably goes back in the lineup tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like yeah. it's not, it's not this, like they have any difference making reinforcements at this point, banging on the door now that Morel and Mervis are up. I mean, yeah, PCA is not ready. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not even in Iowa yet. So, uh, you know, that doesn't mean they can't promote him straight from you know, double A to major leagues. That, that's what they did with Morrell. He was promoted directly from double A last year and he held his own, but he obviously had a lot of stuff to work on. Right. But uh, that's probably the uh, same PCA. If he's able to press the issue, maybe. Maybe he can just skip a level and get his first cup of coffee. Let's think about this. Who who are we replacing if the Cubs are good-ish by, say, late June? They, they have guess. to do something, right? They can't be complacent. I mean, mostly... Bullpen guys would be the thing that I think of. I mean, the problem is like a lot of a lot of the guys are like just good enough that you're just like oh, I don't know if we necessarily need to replace them. Like yeah. Mervis, like Mervis should get all the playing time. Certainly Nico and Dansby. Patrick Wisdom's super streaky, so you know maybe when he's cold, you can have someone else play third for a bit. But predicting hot and cold streaks is uh, is hard. Like I, I don't think the Cubs are looking to move on from either of their catchers. Anytime soon, based on the contracts and what they value in their intangibles, yeah, I guess. I was looking at the contracts for the catchers. They're not that expensive, so it's not like, you know, they they can't just eat the cost. But I don't think they're in any hurry to do that, like you said. If Barnhart is able to help the pitchers as, as much as they say, then, yeah, yeah, just keep them around. But right now I'm just not seeing it and maybe it's just my silly small sample size brain going but every time i see him like it's just from my lying eyes he's not framing as well as young goons he just doesn't seem like the gold glove caliber catcher that he has been in the past i i think the the fact that the entire rotation right now appears to be slumping is also not helping their cause any because uh, we've seen a lot of poorly executed pitches. Well, I wouldn't necessarily call it slumping even either. I mean, I feel like a lot of these guys were pitching better than, than we expected. Some of it's just regression, too. That, that's why it's hard to pick out. Like, like, I, like I didn't think Justin Steele was going to put up a 1.5 ERA over the course of the season. <laughs> 
month. It would have been amazing. Well, le- le- yeah. less, of, le- less, less of these, uh, what, five rounds and four inning games would also be nice. Yeah, they're stressing out the bullpen quite a bit, and the bullpen already is not optimized because the guys that they signed, they unfortunately haven't been good. And maybe it's an injury, maybe <laughs> pitch lab just isn't the best with them. I, I, I honestly, like, when I... When I watch games, they're they're throwing a lot more non-competitive strikes. It's not just Wade and his with Wisniewski. It's everybody. It's like they have an aversion to throwing strike three when they get uh, ahead 0-2, right? I don't know if it's like a propensity to nibble or that they're they're trying, but they're just not good enough to command that strike three pitch to make them swing. I don't, I don't know what it is either. Like last year, I think it was last year, like when the Cubs bullpen was actually like decent, it was a big surprise to me because I had always, I'd gotten used to the Cubs just not being able to develop any bullpen guys. But maybe my, my memory was right. <laughs> These bullpen guys are just bad. I don't know. The, the vets aren't very good either. Well, Rucker, whatever. But I, I thought yeah. Boxberger would have been better. I think he was pretty good the previous couple of years. That's part of the reason why he got the contract but i guess there was also a reason milwaukee didn't resign him <laughs> so sometimes it, it makes me feel like the cubs are getting outplayed and outcoached and out analyzed or something you know they they hit like bloops and it ends up as a base hits uh the opponents do right and then say a suzuki hits a line drive and it it actually gets like into a double play now that was a spectacular play but it, it just seems like the positioning for the opposing team is so much better than the Cubs some of the time. And I, I think that might just be confirmation bias from, from my part because I watch so many Cubs games and there's so much negativity right now flowing through me. But it, it just seems that they, they are doing everything they can to vex me. <laughs> and the Luck Dragons simply aren't playing ball. I think part of the problem, too, is that, like, this is the roster that they have right now. They they have to do something with said roster. And we, we want to be able to optimize the 26 guys that are with the team right now because, honestly, there is no choice. Like, you're, you have these guys that have to play. You can't pitch the same guy over and over again. His arm will fall off. So at some point, some of them have to perform. And... My hope is that's like maybe maybe young gums can whisper sweet nothings into their ear. Who knows, right? But uh, they they have to be able to figure out how to make the right pitch more often than not. And you know the the one from the other day that made made us hate Michael Fomer a little more again. Like it, it was a bloop and a blast that was also a bloop because Crawford boxes. So <laughs> what are you gonna do about that sometimes, right? The, the thing is, with all this bad luck happening all at once, it's, it's turning into losses that are piling up. It's turning into a lot of frustration on my part as a fan. It's probably turning into a lot of frustration on their part as players, and that's got, causing the, to press a little bit, right? And, you know, players are human. They, they want to do well. Like, say, Suzuki does not want to strike out all the time or pop up or hit into a line drive double play all the time. He wants to do what they paid him to do. But they're not doing it right now, and it, it's very difficult to figure out why. Well, maybe they'll have an easier stretch of schedule. I remember a lot of the talk going into the season was that they had a real hard first month or two. So 
they kind of outperformed expectations, and now they're regressing a bit. But you know, maybe when we get some games against the uh, the Pirates, who you know, turns out we're not a uh, World Series bound team, uh, might help a little bit. Certainly, certainly the A's were a good uh, get right team last month, so maybe there's a, a series coming up. I don't know. That'd be nice. The Pirates did just lose, so that that's nice. After yeah, we, the we, Astros, we, got, we got the Reds yeah. coming up later this month, so yeah. at least that, that could be a good thing. Yeah. Of course, the Rays yeah, right yeah. after that, but... Oh, man. The Rays are pretty darn good. I, I don't understand what's going on with them. Like, they they just seem to know how to develop baseball team, even if they can't pay to keep everybody. But yeah, the Phillies are coming up. That's when Nico ho- hopefully comes back, and so does Cody Bellinger. That's part of the issue, right, is that this lineup is not at 100% of its like current form. So without... Nico and without Cody Bellinger, you have to play Christopher Morrell out of position, out or at least out of optimal position. You have to move everybody up a spot. You have to, well, you don't have to, but you are leading off with Nick Madrigal and you are putting a Eric Hosmer into the DH spot, and that is going to be super suboptimal at this point unless he really does figure it out, which I. I will not hold my breath for. So after the Phillies, uh, you have the Mets at home, the Reds at home, and the Rays. And then I think they go on a West Coast trip. And I I will actually get to see the uh, series finale for the Giants game for that next road trip. It's a very long road trip, too. Yeah. So it's a a West Coast road trip with the Padres, the Angels, and the Giants. Padres – they, they already won a series, but who knows if they'll do it again this time. The Angels, of course, are always underachievers, and the Giants are also underachieving a bit. Like, they're just not built to contend this year, in my opinion. Who knows what they'll do against the Phillies, the defending National League champions? Who knows what they'll do against the Mets, because everybody on the Mets is apparently hurt or sucking. Yeah, the, uh, the, Mets, but are, they, the Mets are a mess, so... You know, it'd be great if they could thump them for Ron Sano's sake, if nothing else. I hope, we're just, not, then, I hope we're just not their get-right team like we were for the Cardinals. <laughs> well, you never know. Like, they, they could use that day off. There are two off days sandwiching the Philly series. So I, I, I think those off days could be very good. Like, you know, they've already optioned Hayden Wisniewski down. Uh, they're running with a four-man rotation for the foreseeable future. If they optioned him down, like as of the end of the twin series, then Hayden Wisniewski cannot come back until after the homestand or at the tail end of the, the homestand uh, against Tampa Bay. So at some point during the homestand, they will need a fifth starter. And I think at that point, they might be able to pull a Javier Assad back up because his 15 days after being optioned will be over. Or they can, like, IL somebody and bring Hayden Wisniewski back and say, like, you know, Michael Fulmer has an inflamed ERA and therefore must go on the IL. Who knows, right? <laughs> so Good old uh, David Patton disease. The beauty and the history in this cathedral The sky so blue against the grass so green Like time stood still forever Oh, look, who just grounded into a double play. Anyway, like maybe maybe they'll finally get rid of that guy. But uh, holy crap. That is so, so displeasing. Like the one time 
Miles Mastroboni actually gets on base, he is erased. So so very annoying. And kind of predictable, too. Maybe he should just bunt. No, wait, wait, wait <laughs> scratch that. He, he should never bunt because apparently not good at bunting. I, I hope he doesn't call too many bunts because at the, you know, at the rate that these guys can't actually get on base, you don't want to give up outs if you can help it, right? I think we've been a little too negative. Maybe we should talk about things we like to see or have liked from the Cubs so far, despite their, their well, uh, one, very one bad streak. That, that would be fun to see is uh, another option for coming up for Wisniewski is uh, Kyle Hendricks depending on how far out this is. Yeah, he, I think he's going to get a bullpen with the Cubs in, in Chicago during the homestand, so that's kind of nice. I mean, he's not the guy he used to be, but we got to get some uh, World Series vibes since he's the only guy left from uh, from the roster. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunately true. Like, we, we thought they'd stay with forever after they won it all, but, you know, baseball is a business. But uh, yeah, he looks looks like after the first uh, kind of just get your work in start, he's been doing pretty well. And the other guy who was on the 60 day IL, who is actually eligible to come off at any time they they feel he's ready, is Cody Hoyer, right? So yeah, he's looked real good apparently in the in uh, the minors too. Apparently in his rehab starts, they yeah. hit real real big velocity numbers. Yeah, and he's striking out guys, too. So we, we do need some swing and miss. At, at this point, like, there are a lot of guys that I would not blink an eye for losing to waivers or to release or, or option or whatever. Ho- hopefully they, they can stay af- afloat and maybe come back in this, this other game. But uh, this, this is going to be, like, several series losses in quick succession. And that's no bueno. Like these, these losses are going to add add up. And despite the craptitude of the NL Central, at some point you got to win some of these games and and put the pressure on the so-called division leaders. All these series losses are definitely not what you want, as they say. I, I do like that, uh, despite the part where he gave up like all those doubles in a row. Steele has been throwing pretty decent pitches. Yeah, he's only had uh, what, 660 pitches or so. Yeah, so he, he has been like, no doubt yet. I hope that at some point they just let Jamison Tyone wear a start at, so that he can get stretched out because I think he has good stuff. Like, there, there's something weird going on. I, I don't know if they're not using enough rosin or something <laughs> so, so that they don't get like Max Scherzer uh, ejected slash suspended, but the ball just isn't going where they want it to. The, the other day I was looking at where the catcher was setting up his target, right? Because you're, you're supposed to put a glove up and the, the pitch, the natural motion of the pitch is supposed to land itself into the glove. So you set up a target and then you, you try to shift it like either subtly or I, I, I've seen them like, you know, that it, it's at the bottom of the zone and they'll still lift the glove all the way up to the middle to try to fool the umpire and uh-huh. they, they get called a strike. So some catchers can do it like a lot better than others. And I guess Gomes does it pretty well. I don't know too much about Barnhart because I, I don't normally make it a point to watch Barnhart starts. I, I haven't watched <laughs> every single uh, Cubs game this year. So that may, might make me a terrible Cubs fan, but I do follow the box scores, right? 
but the the one that he just threw, like Barnhart, like lift the glove back into the strike zone, and and maybe you know the the umpire is just like slightly blind, like they all are, but they called him a strike. So it, it it's kind of interesting. The the thing thing is there there's uh, two types of pitches that are bad. There's the kind that completely missed a target, so so that's bad command, and then there's the uh, the ones that the catcher says. I want you to throw it here, and then maybe they sequence completely poorly because that that particular pitch is delivered exactly where he called it, exactly where they wanted it, but it just ends up like 700 feet away because it it was not the right pitch to call at that time. So I I, I don't know, maybe, maybe they're just not game planning as well as they could be either. And there there's a lot of things that I'm just wondering out loud at this point because i feel like this particular lineup this particular rotation should be better than 500 but we also said at the beginning that they're probably going to hover at 500 and maybe the best we can hope for is that they're slightly above at this point yeah that's kind of where i'm thinking it's going to 500 they're cromulent (laughs) they'll they'll frustrate us yeah so i guess there's another growing pains year for for the cubs if they don't like really make a run and this is probably not the best stretch to make the run because of who's coming up and even the reds like they've called up a couple of prospects some of them are good some of them are just like well we we need somebody to pitch some innings so i think they called up what one of their longtime journeymen to do this but I, I don't know. I'm no, no longer as confident as I used to be. I think like we'll just do the whole thing where it could go either way. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> Hope yeah. for the best. For this year, the fun fact is that the Cubs have not been shut out at all uh, so far this season. We'd like them to continue with a big run differential, but it's evening out right now because the past games with the Twins and those blowouts were very, very bad. And yeah, there scoring, blowouts like, for sure. Yeah, scoring only like all run a game is is not going to help your run differential very much and it's definitely not going to help your pitching very much especially when they can't be perfect so may, maybe this is the team that they are and hopefully they give the folks that are going to stay with the team for a long time time to uh, the at-bats and the innings they need to develop because that that could be interesting and keep not getting no hit keep getting on base keep that sh- shutoutless streak alive uh, maybe Tucker Barnhart will draw a walk every now and then, <laughs> like he just did. That was cool. And uh, we'll see. Maybe they'll they'll finally bat around. Maybe Link Nick Madrigal. Remember, he's supposed to hit the ball to all fields and not have it get caught. I did post on Facebook. Uh, what would you do? If Nick Madrigal hit a homer right now, I would say I hope he hits another one uh, two innings from now. Only <laughs> two of them. <laughs> yeah, the Crocker brought boxes aren't that that far away. He just needs to make sure it hits it in the air instead of on the ground. Or maybe it's an inside the park home run. That that's probably more likely. But he he does kind of run like Barney Rubble, so it might take like all three outfielders <laughs> falling down for him to do that. Uh, it's kind of mean. I shouldn't make fun of uh, Nick Madrigal. He's trying. 
All of them are trying. You're just not very good right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. I was oh, waiting no, for your reaction. Patrick <laughs> uh, just didn't missed have distance. one. <laughs> it, it was foul. I, I think it would have just been a double off the wall or a long single because he's got stumpy legs, but <laughs> I'll double off the wall would have scored a scored a run. Well maybe, maybe. not with Barnhart. Maybe not with Barnhart on first. Uh, second and third, no out would have been nice. I, I I'm hoping for one of those nights where every ball that's hit hard by the Cubs does not find a glove. That would be nice. <laughs> like we we I, I think they need to make like a sacrifice to look dragons. I'm very happy with the Cubs defense overall, but I just hate it when the other team does it to to the Cubs because we're not supposed to disseminate without the express written consent of major league baseball. We're probably going to have to sell everybody. We got to go. So yeah, I should probably go walk this dog before she uh, runs circles through the floor. Yeah. Pee all over the place. <laughs> no, no, she just has energy to burn. Yeah. Cool. Well, perk of having a yard now. <laughs> great. You just got to make sure you, you clean it or else uh, there's going to be some bad spots and then you're going to step in duty. So, yeah, you can still find us on Facebook at the World Series Dreaming Facebook page. The site where our blogs are hanging out will be at obstructiveview.net with the fellow jabronis of Obstructive View. Uh, we're just going to keep chugging along. Hopefully by this time next week, the Cubs will have come all the way back and potentially swept the Phillies and are doing well in the beginning of their homestand. But we'll see. want to thank Rich Deanna for the, our theme song and Randall Sanders for pulling the final out call from Hall of Famer Pat Hughes. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts. Write a review if you can. Share us with their friends. Email is still at worldseriesdreaming at gmail.com. Thanks, Jeff, for helping me watch this game and for hanging out with me tonight. And I hope you have a lovely walk with the doggie. All right. Thanks and go Cubs. Well, let's see what happens. More than just a game.